The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports shows on Broad, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 105 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Jess, it was a very, very ugly win, but as they say, a win is a win. A win is a win. I actually, (laughs) I shouldn't have to sit and watch a win through my fingers, like covering my eyes and and opening my fingers a little bit to watch the the final quarter at one point joe said to me you know this is week one and not the super bowl correct and i said i only know how to watch a game one way yes and unfortunately i was covering my face watching through my fingers I did the same thing as you like watched it. Like I watch a horror movie. Like I either like had my hands up or I was like on my phone, just like on Twitter, like trying to like just pay attention to that because then I could like just background listen kind of thing. And it wasn't as bad, but man, I think, so that's my thing is just like, yes, a win is a win. And like, that's all that matters. But I think everybody was so unsettled because it wasn't like we solidified that win. The only reason we got that win was because, was it Stevenson didn't get his second foot in? Booty. It was booty. Okay, booty. I didn't remember which receiver. But yeah, so yeah, that he just didn't get his second foot in, which was very poor on his part. But wow. So I think that's why. It's not like we determined our fate. I think that's why I'm so unsettled. Yeah, it's extreme. I think unsettled it, and unsettling is a very good word to describe how we're all feeling right now. We 
So uh, Michael Kist was our producer last night for the post-game show. And we quite literally, and he tweeted this. And then that is what we, it was what we used to open the show. And literally the first, what we said was, it has been six months. We have real NFL football. The Eagles won a football game and we are furious. We're so <laughs> back. The Eagles are so back. And it's so true. Like they're one to know. They won yesterday. Contrary to, if you scroll through Eagles Twitter, you wouldn't know that they won yesterday. No. But they're back and we're back because it's frustrating <laughs> and unsettling. But I think, again, I you know, we all have to keep in perspective that they had no preseason, blah, 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 which is very true. Nick Sirianni said he might rethink that a little bit. We get it. I think that possibly, and, and I'm not a fan of the preseason at all, but I think one of the biggest potential problems, especially for this year with no preseason, with any of the starters playing at all, is the fact that they have two brand new coordinators. And yeah. one of them has only called play, has, has never called plays in the NFL. And it's really hard to simulate that in joint practices and not mm -hmm. in real NFL game situation, especially when your first NFL game situation is going against a Bill Belichick defense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something too, that like, that didn't even cross my mind because I was just like, we are so talented, like blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. Ryan Johnson has at least like familiarity with the team. So like, I just thought, I think in my head, I was just like kind of foolish and thought it would be way more seamful or seamless than um, it, it was in real life. Yeah, yes. I totally agree with you. I mean, so I, we, let's start with the defense, just kind of run through it quickly. I mean, thank God for the defense early on. They really jumped all over the Patriots offense. And, you know, it's you know, week one for everyone, right? There were some crazy things that happened in the NFL. The Bengals didn't score a touchdown. The Browns, you know, went off yeah. yesterday. Things like Which, that happened. The Chiefs to, lost. I was going to say to that point, it is a trend, too, that most of the big, talented teams that didn't do preseason or take it seriously, you saw poor outcomes for them. So it probably will change going forward. But continue. I'm sorry. Week, week one, you know, everyone's got some rust, right? And and yeah. the majority of the starters, you know, Joe Burrow was injured, right? Like, he just came back. He was hurt all of preseason. All the ones that just got their money also did not play at all in the preseason. But – the Patriots came out and they had to shake the rust off as well. So the Eagles defense totally capitalized on that pick six force fumble. We're able to get some points on the board early, which obviously is what kind of carried them through the second and third and some of that fourth quarter as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think maybe the biggest concern here is the defense was only actually able to get home with two sacks and they got good pressure, but really struggled finishing those off. And that is not a great sign, given the fact that the uh, Patriots had two rookies starting on the offensive line and they were pretty beat up there and they weren't able to, to get that done. I did see something today where Jake Carter actually had the most pressures out of any defensive lineman in week one, which is amazing. And we know that he's a freak talent. He's going to be a superstar, if not already a superstar. But it is just a little bit like, hmm, because like, yes, you expect. Yeah, exactly. Th that's the perfect word. I'm but um, yeah, because 
as much as we expect him to be great and stuff, our whole defensive line is supposed to be amazing. Like they all should be putting up those numbers and breaking through, you know? So it is, that's where it really doesn't make sense in that fact. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll have their games when they play, you know, some of the less talented teams in the NFL where they'll go off for a few more, but um, against this offensive line, you would have expected uh, maybe again, especially the fact that they, those didn't really happen until the fourth quarter either. You would have expected maybe those to happen early. And it was, I think just a little, a little surprising there. Um, Jalen hurts on the other hand, got sacked three times and those were all early in the game. Yes. The Eagles but... offense did not look good at all by any stretch yesterday. And I thought uh, we talked about this on the post game show last night as well. Someone who I thought looked the most unsettled was Cam Jurgens, and I know it's his you know first start at, at right guard, but and you know we will we will trust Jeff Stoutland until the end of time. It's week one, but <laughs> I thought that the the other thing this was a, a word that someone commented last night during the show as well that I thought was really perfect. They were completely in disarray. Nothing. There was absolutely no cohesion of any kind across the board. And I thought that the offensive line was a big part of that as well. No, I agree with that hundred percent. I will say um, I'm not so much unsettled about the offensive line. I was disappointed more so in them just because I expected more because there are so many veterans and guys that have proven themselves. So I just want, I was more caught off guard because I did not expect that from them. Yeah. Um, but that is something that I'm not worried going forward at least. Yes. Yes. So if you were to kind of look at yesterday and what happened in this game, what, because, you know, I think there's, there's a, a, you know, we can jerk reaction to a lot of things and we can sit and look at some things and think about them a little bit more thoroughly. When you look at everything as a whole, what do you see from yesterday and say to yourself, okay, this is a week one issue. This will get better. I'm not concerned about this yet. And what do you look at that also, like the opposite side as well? Like, what aren't you concerned about that you're like, okay, that's a week one thing? And what are you genuinely concerned about at this point? So, the things that I'm like, eh, like I just said, offensive line, more so just all of offense for the most okay. part, besides play calling. So, like the talent on offense, uh-huh. like, I think that's more so they just need reps. Like Jalen will get better as he goes. The offensive line will get better as they go. Um, Our receivers will get better as they go, that kind of thing. Um, Where I am concerned, and I do expect it to get better at least, but it was the play calling. Um, Obviously, it's been talked about a lot. We did not see anything to Dallas Goddard. DeAndre Swift barely was seen in the game. Like It just didn't make sense in that fact. Um, So that's concerning me. But I do expect it to get get better. Um, my biggest concern with that is can it get better before a short week? You know? Yeah. Um, and then the like long-term concerns are the front of the secondary, meaning like the safeties and linebackers, because they just they really, if you want to say disarray, they really <laughs> looked like they were in disarray out there. Like they just it didn't seem like there were so many just blatant holes, especially to like Hunter Henry in the middle that like everybody, like he was wide open. And then you would just see everybody run in afterwards and kind of be like, well, who was supposed to be there? They had like that kind of confusion look. 
Yeah. And that was really concerning to me and something that I'm just like, not again. Like, come on. You know what I mean? We were spoiled for that one year with a decent, a decent linebacking core. And I'm, I'm totally with you there. I think a week one kind of thing is, you know, the feel for the game in terms of both coordinators. I thought, especially with Brian Johnson, you know, you expected a little bit better given his familiarity with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and the offense that they run, they ran and had so much success with last year. Um, but it is his first time calling an NFL game. Like we said, you know, it's really hard to simulate that anytime prior to a real life NFL game, again, especially against a Bill Belichick defense. But he seemed really out of sync with Nick Sirianni. He seemed really out of sync with Jalen Hurts. And neither one of those two were very good yesterday in their own right either. But I didn't think there was any cohesion whatsoever. There was a lot of disarray on that offensive side of the ball. The line wasn't great. The running back rotation, I don't even know what that was. Kenny Gainwell, you love the guy, but he should not be your feature back running back. I was just going to say, nobody expected Gainwell to be the number one. (laughs) No, that should not, should not happen. And I thought the situational play calling was really, really bad. When that play call on fourth and two with the game on the line there, I mean, that was, there was no feel for anything whatsoever. And I just really didn't like it. And now again, and AJ Brown talked about this after the game, there were a lot of different things that the defense was throwing at them that really did get them out of sync and throw them off. You give credit to that. However, the Eagles offense was still, regardless of any adjustments made, they didn't come out looking like any sort of anything at in the beginning. So they just never got into a rhythm, but I would chalk that up easily to a week one issue. They'll start to feel each other out a little bit better, get a little bit more in rhythm, move down the field with a little bit more ease as they were before. I'm totally with you on the concern. I worry less about the safeties because while we saw Justin Evans completely out of place several times, um, he didn't look good, and you could tell Reed Blankenship looked like a different version of himself after he spent those couple plays on the sideline after he that that injury scare there. But they have the young talent in Sidney Brown. So you have someone yes. that like, is probably going to be your starter by week six. Very true. And he had a couple good plays, good hits on a special teams yesterday right. as well. So it's a good talent that you're excited about, right? It's mm-hmm. like – Think of think TJ Edwards. No one expected him to go undrafted. The Eagles were able to scoop him up. He gave you a lot on special teams for a couple of years. You were excited about him. You were really excited to see what he had. You brought him in as your starting linebacker. Obviously, he was fantastic for this team. And you see why he went and got paid by the Bears and whatever. But so that's kind of what we have at the safety position, right? Like you have that person that you're excited to bring in and you could make an adjustment there that provides a spark at that position specifically. Looking at the linebackers, we don't have that. And especially if Nicobe Dean is going to miss some time with an injury, he left, you know, the game, the uh, game last night, left the stadium in a boot. We don't know what that means. It's tip, you know, we assume it's precautionary to start, right? But like he's getting his MRI today. Fletcher Cox is getting an MRI today. James Bradbury might be out with a concussion. We don't, those are short so, week. So many question marks. Right. So even if it's not a long term injury, if he's hurting, the chances of him playing Thursday aren't great. So we don't have that 
backup option, that like, oh, it's fine kind of person or this person that's going to come in and provide a spark. TJ Edwards left and Nicobe Dean was that it's fine. He was the it's fine. So without that, unfortunately, we're right back to the uh, Nathan Gary type linebacker situation, which if you recall, and you so lovingly pointed it out already with the tight ends, if you recall how that went, coverage and those things happening and especially if offenses are going to adjust and they're going to just roll with quick passes left and right and not allow that defensive line any time to get home we are screwed with the linebacker situation and we're going to sit here and scream about linebackers again it was so nice to not have to do that and not ideal when you have the vikings coming up and this is a problem with the tight end who did just just get get his bag, rightfully so. So that's a problem. Yes. And that that one I I don't just say like oh it's week one. That one I'm like oh not again not again. Like here we I are. I agree. What's Nate Gary doing? Is he free? Is he around? <laughs> oh man. Ah. Uh, I oh yeah that one. That's not great. It's not great. It's it's really concerning. And I'm so, I'm so upset because they were becoming so much more serviceable and it wasn't such a problem. Granted, like the last two years, safety and linebacker, they were probably the bottom tier of talent on your team. They were the most weak positions, but they were by no means an Achilles heel of the team. It wasn't like you were getting constant. in recent years. Yeah, right. You weren't getting like bashed and battered week in and week out because of your linebackers and safeties. They were just the least talented position group on a very talented roster. Yeah. Now they might be a little bit of an Achilles heel and I'm not excited. It is funny because I said our last show, like, I am so not excited for the overreaction on Monday. Like this team's going to have rust to shake (laughs) off, blah, blah, blah. And I literally, as I was watching last night as like a scary movie, I was like, this is week one. Like I was the one that was like, do not overreact. But when they're, I think because it felt like we were really going to lose, it really just like had me stressing. Yeah. It was a stressful experience, I'm sure. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will preview the matchup this week with the Vikings, talk about what we think is going to happen there, what we think are the keys to success for the Eagles. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into episode number 105 of Babes on Broad. So this week, we already mentioned it, a short week against the Vikings. It was week two when we had the short week against the Vikings last year, right? Or was that Monday night football? I think it was Monday night, but it was the home, it was the home opener, prime time. Yeah, it was, exactly. So it's kind of familiar yeah. in that fact. But, yes, Vikings lost to the Bucks yesterday. They lost 20 to 17. I will say, I will say like watching here and there and then going back and watching the highlights, like looking over the game, the Bucks played hard. Mm -hmm. Like they came out with like, and obviously you kind of expect that. That is one thing that Baker is really good at is having that enthusiasm and that energy. And you could kind of see it. I think the Vikings came out in that game and were like, we're the Vikings. We got Justin Jefferson. We have TJ Hawkins. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of how it looked when you were like watching back. So yesterday their offense did perform well numbers wise. Kirk Cousins was 33 for 44, put up 340 yards, over 340 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Shocker. But um, Jefferson, they kind of contained him. He didn't even get a touchdown, but he still got his in 150 yards. Listen, he's a he can have freak. as many yards up and down the field as he wants, as long as they don't add up to seven. There you go. I like that. I yep. like that. That was that, um, that was the Jalen Mills mentality. You can burn <laughs> me all the way up and down in between the 20s. But once we hit that red zone, absolutely not. And I, and very true. Both, like, you can, I don't care how many yards they have. The yards don't equal points. If they don't score, I don't care if they put up 200 yards on you. The only thing is when I see that, like, yeah, they still lost and he got his numbers. Jefferson, it, it makes me nervous going into this week because you have Jefferson who you have to lock down and have to kind of double focus on. You know what I mean? And then we just saw the Eagles can't freaking handle a tight end. And then you got TJ Hawkinson. So you can't really, like, put too much emphasis on either one because then the other one's going to get you. It almost feels like, you know, I am not concerned in the slightest about Justin Jefferson and that might come back to bite me, but that's only because I trust Darius Slay with my whole entire life. Oh, that's yeah. I just happened this year. I was trying to go back and look at what I was, the, what it last was. year. Yeah. That's this, that's this year's matchup. No, I want last year's. So last year's matchup. Um, wasn't Darius Slay the highest graded corner on Justin Jefferson all season long? I think so. Justin Jefferson. He was one of them. For nine yards or something. Yeah. So like, like he say. did, he did play him very well last year. And I remember that, but it yeah, also Kirkland. was like a very well-known thing around the league that Darius Slay was his kryptonite. And there was a lot of smack talk around that. And I feel like the way that Justin Jefferson works is he remembers this stuff. And he's even said that before when he first played the Eagles and destroyed us and was like, yeah, I remember they chose Jalen Rager over me. You know what I mean? So uh, you know he did, he should have ca called the person who did that because <laughs> the rest of us were equally as upset. Okay. True. Don't take it out on us. Yeah. I was like, you know what, sir, we didn't, we didn't need this from you because actually had we been able to, to help with the decision-making there, we would have made a different decision. That was not literally happened. A hundred percent agree. Really, and I can't even find the game from last year because everything's giving me this week's game. But I really just want to know yeah. what these, what the actual numbers were. Uh, Minnesota rushing Jalen Rager, please get out of my face. <laughs> uh, he had six receptions for forty-eight yards. 
Yeah. That was it. So they um, contained him last year, but Yeah. I I so I will say to you, I am I'm more concerned about TJ Hawkinson by far. I agree with you on that. Than I am Justin Jefferson. And that is not a slight to Justin Jefferson because obviously Justin Jefferson is who we wish was a Philadelphia Eagle over Jalen Rager. Um, but I am, I don't worry as much about the, the corners as I do the linebacker situation. No, I agree with you a hundred percent where that concern comes is just that they're going to over-prepare for Hawkinson because it's going to be the obvious we need to cover this guy. And we just performed really bad against tight ends where it's going to take some emphasis off of worrying about Jefferson. And then he does, you know what I mean? Like just slipping through the holes there. But yeah, with that I, being said, I think that's a good point. I think that's something that the Eagles across the board are going to have to worry about. The defense, like things are going to slip through the cracks again. You're going to think well, you so have that's them. what I was going to say. We're coming up with this bad taste in our mouth on a short week. So what are your keys to success? I'm assuming we still have enough faith that we think the Eagles are truly the better team. But yes. how do they get that? I think that no matter what, the Eagles are just they they are simply more talented. However, I think that it, if as long as the offense is able to do what they're expected to do, I don't want to say the defense doesn't matter, but like the offense is going to be able to keep up. The offense can keep up with any other offense in the league, as we saw, right? There was not a lot of turnover on the offense. There was definitely more turnover on the defensive side of the ball. The defense needs to be able to get their crucial stops, but they need to clean up the offense. Like cleaning up the offense is priority number one, because if they can do that, they can, they can do anything else because they can win any game. They can put up points at will. They can go down the field whenever they need to, if they clean up all those things, the penalties, the, you know, just the it was sloppy the mess the the out of sync the play calling like I don't expect the play calling to do a complete 180 but by Thursday yeah. right but I expect there to be a little bit better of a feel for the game I don't necessarily expect now Brian Flores I believe is the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings now is he the defensive coordinator or is he just on the staff somewhere I can't remember I believe he's a coordinator he is the defensive coordinator for the, yes. So, okay. you know, the defense for the Vikings is also going to be a little bit better than it was last year as well. It was still a good defense last year, but I think this defense is going to be a little bit better. But I also don't think it's going to be what we saw last week from from Bill Belichick. I think it's just going to be a little bit, I think the Eagles are going to have more success offensively. That's pretty much it. So I think my key to success is the Eagles need to be less sloppy, clean it up on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense needs to um, not let happen what happened on Sunday with just yeah, I agree. In the middle of the field. I agree with you 100%. On the offense, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I think that is something that's kind of slipped through people's minds as well, is the fact that with the coordinators – kind of coming in fresh well not kind of they did come in fresh this week one um bill belichick was probably all off season looking at this chomping his bits you know what i mean like just super excited because bill belichick it's very hard for anybody in this entire league to come in with a better game plan and outsmart bill belichick so 
I think that's kind of an underrated thing that a lot of us are like just mad focusing on the Eagles, but we have to take into consideration about the Pats. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that we're going to see the rust come off of this team yeah. week by week. Um, my hesitation is because it's a short week, so I don't know how much is going to be able to fall off with some of the injuries we saw, some of just like getting more into the rhythm and getting comfortable. You only have so many days to do so this week. Mm-hmm. Um, as we already mentioned, very nervous about Hawkinson um, because, yeah, I mean, I think it was like 92 yards on eight attempts they gave up to tight ends this week. So it just, if you're going in that trend, it does not look healthy for us. But I agree with you. Um, spreading the ball around more on this offense yes. and like the things, yeah, the things that they'll be able to easily fix are going to be big factors in this game. And that's mostly on the offensive side of the ball. So I agree with you on that. Um, I am nervous to see how our our secondary kind of handles this one. I expect more from the front of our defense, our defensive line. Um, that would be really fun. <laughs> and that'll give us momentum. And And another thing that we also haven't mentioned is the fact that it is the home opener, which is going to give them a wave of, just momentum and excitement that a lot of these guys have never even felt before. So um, with all that being said, what's your score prediction? Yeah, I had so much FOMO not going to the home opener last year. I'm going this year and they better not disappoint me. Um, I'm I'm staying out late. I got (laughs) staying out late on a Thursday night. Do not upset me. At least I'll (laughs) have to make it through Friday if they do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think, I was so confident going into week one. And and here's the thing, right? Like, what was your score? 27? Were you 27? 17. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just, I think that it's going to be closer than last year against the Vikings. But I also still think that the Eagles are able to, It like, I really do th- believe, I trust in Jalen Hurts to be like, forget it. Like, F this, we're going out there and, and, just running up these numbers. Like I, I can totally see that happening. Um, and just getting a little bit more comfortable, as you said, getting more comfortable, spreading the ball around. If they do that, they are a seemingly unstoppable offensive team. Um, I think it's going to be a, you know, I think it's going to be kind of similar to your score from last week, honestly, that 28, 16, 17, wow. something. Wow, so you have a lot of faith in our defense. No, I have faith in the offense to stay on the field longer than they did on okay. Sunday. Because that's like the other thing. Like if, the, if the Eagles' offense could have stayed on the field longer, half of those drives don't happen. A hundred percent. We saw that in the first quarter. Yeah, the Eagles' offense was able, wasn't able to get a first down for five straight drives. They were three yeah. and out. They were immediately off the field. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles can just put together these meticulous drives that they were able to do last year and just completely dominate time of possession, the Patriots aren't able to come out there and put together some of those drives that they had. So the score is a little bit different, seemingly less because of the defense, because the offense was just able to stay out there for a longer period of time. So I like that rationale again, not to, I'm not trying to sit here and insult our defense, but the confidence in it comes less from 
I believe that these guys are going to step up on the defensive end because I have major concerns about the defense at this point. It's more so I believe in this offense to be able to get back to what we're used to seeing from them, dominate time of possession, do a better job running the football, stop forcing Kenny Gainwell on all of us, use all of them the right way, spread the ball around because if they're able to do that, you're not able to cover everything all at the same time. So just put together these drives that you are able to do, stay on the field, then let the defense be fresh, get out there, be able to pin their ears back a little bit, wreak some havoc on Kirk Cousins in this offensive line, get them off their game, and they're able to put up points and not allow the Minnesota Vikings to be out there and score points. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it does seem like almost like one of those annoying situations where you're like, how do you not think about spreading the ball around? Like you have so many offensive weapons where it's like you quite literally could play chess and nobody will ever be able to beat you if you play those pieces right. Seriously. So um, we'll see that over time. But, yeah, it is kind of frustrating because it's like, dude, come on. But um, I I get what you're saying. And it, it is something, too, that you did start seeing our defense break down um, even injury-wise like later in the game. And it probably is because they aren't conditioned yet for a full game. You know what I mean? So yeah. that definitely is another factor into yesterday's game that – Um, We haven't really talked about until now, but I do. I think I have just a little bit. I mean, it's the day after the game, so it is kind of hard to get my score because I'm still kind of emotional about yesterday. But I am afraid that both of these teams, I expect the Eagles are definitely going to put up points. This offense is not going to come into their home opener with all these weapons and not make any adjustments. So they're going to put up points. So I have the Eagles at 30. Where I'm struggling is I also think the Vikings are going to come out just with a bad taste in their mouth from last year because we beat them so bad. Um, and I also think that they got embarrassed losing to the Bucks, so they need to get a win. It would be very bad for the Vikings, um, especially in that division where it's kind of a toss-up to go 0-2. So I think they're going to have that kind of with them as well. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring close game, and I'm going to say 30-27. to 27. You're going to watch through my hands again. I know, but at least like it would be the Vikings. I don't want to watch it like a horror movie. (laughs) Me either. I don't want. It's almost October. (laughs) I don't want to watch week one and two. Like if I have to watch like you know fourteen like a horror movie. Okay, that's more common. Who knows? Maybe we're dominant in the first half. Which it is kind of funny that it's been like a complete 180 from last year where we couldn't put up any points in the first half and then we would just get them all in the second. And now it's like getting them all kind of stacked up in the front, at least in this first week. But yeah, like see, so maybe like, yeah, we'll be rusty in the beginning, hold them, and it'll be like 30 to 20 in the last five minutes of the game and we give up a touchdown. So then it's not as stressful. What do you mean giving up a touchdown in the last five minutes of the game? That is stressful. I I should say like three minutes because five minutes is a lot. It's a long time. Oh, I can't. I really just need them to get it together because I, you said it, you were like, we're not going to overreact. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Everything's going to be fine. And here we are. And I'm so stressed. The Eagles are going to disappoint me. Welcome to September. All over again. It's going to be a long season. I'm just hoping it (laughs) pays off in our favor. 
seriously. Let's just hope they don't ruin your birthday. Yeah, right. Very good point because my birthday is on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is riding on this. Yeah, don't ruin Sam's birthday. For the love of God. That's going to make me mad. That's going to be so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, you know what? At least we're not Giants fans. That would be embarrassing. Here, let's just put it out here. Don't get blanked and let 40 get dropped on your head in the home opener, and we'll be good, okay? Yeah. Cannot imagine being a Giants fan. And I ended up, I probably watched like the first quarter and a half, and then I was just like, I'm not even staying up for this. Like, I couldn't even make it to halftime. Joe was watching film and putting his stats together from his game this week, and I was in bed with the TV off. And he comes in and goes, you know, the game on? I said, the Cowboys are abusing the Giants. He goes, we can still turn it on. And I was like, 33 nothing when we turned it on. And I was like, look at this. He was like, oh, my God. And it's funny because naturally, um, so my my friend Haley, her husband is a Giants fan. And we forgive him for oh. that because, well, only sometimes. Poor we Kyle. He, he can't help himself. He was born in born yeah. In- I mean, it's, it's a character flaw. It is. Yeah. It's just but, unfortunate for him. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it sucks to be him, honestly. But, um, so, you know, we're, we're in a big couple family group text talking about the game, doing the whole thing. And, you know, we're all a little bit stressed and he has the audacity to come in and say, don't worry guys, Danny Dimes will make you all happy tonight. F Dallas. Am I right? That was at. 7.41 p.m. Oh, I poor guy. I have not heard from him since. I don't even have it. Usually I like to give him a hard time. And like when the Eagles play the Giants, I send him a middle finger emoji for every touchdown. <laughs> the score. So it's like they score one, I send one. They score a second one, I send two. It's a very fun game that we play, especially over the last couple of years. I don't even have it in me to insult him because that's just a, that's a brutal way to start, start your season. You know, I have to give him the man 40 million a year. Yeah. I would say no. It, it, I am low key embarrassed just because we tried to be like, ah, like what upset can you have or see happening this week? And I was like, I could see like the Giants upset in Dallas, even though like because Dallas was the road favorite. So I was like, I could see the Giants like upsetting them. And I'm embarrassed that I even had that thought. Like I never mean, again. They sh- they should all just. They should rearrange their bye week and give them a bye this week just to give them some extra time to sit down and think about what they did because that was pathetic. So all in all, uh, we're angry, we're concerned, but at least we're not Giants fans. Um, So yeah, the Eagles are on a short week. Thank you for listening to episode 105 of Babes on Broad. We will be back next week to talk about said short week because then we have a long week after that. They don't even play until the next month. They're the Monday night game. Oh, geez. That's good. Yeah, so we've got lots of time, and it's still early in the season, so no one has a bye yet. So they're still, it's still when they have the two Monday night games. So it's a seven fifteen start time. So it'll be over just a little bit earlier than the typical. That makes eight. me happy. Yeah. yeah so you know, an, an extra hour of sleep. It's like daylight savings. Um, <laughs> but as always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting our show. Make sure you're following everywhere on social media. As we said, we'll be back next week to talk about that game. But in the meantime, let's beat these Vikings. Go Birds!